G'day everyone and welcome to my latest podcast. It's Glenn Anderson here. This is episode number nine, I think it is. Um, this is the second episode of 2020. Now what we're going to talk about is we're going to review the summer and talk about the uh, weather uh, over the past three months and uh, it was a summer to forget, obviously with the bushfires and that. We're going to talk a bit about autumn and uh, and astro season gets into full swing and we're also going to talk about the toilet paper issue. It's getting really out of control and a bit of the coronavirus. So let's get into it. Okay, well, summer is done and dusted for another year for 2019-2020, and uh, now we're into autumn, well into autumn now, and autumn generally means the weather starts to get a bit cooler, and uh, we start to get the autumn leaves falling in certain parts of Australia, and uh, obviously that's when um, it's really good uh, photography uh, with autumn leaves and so forth. I'll get into into that a little bit later and astro season of course is uh, in full swing now we're just going to go over what's happened in the last three months um, weather wise and it was a fairly hot summer in fact the summer that just finished was Australia's second hottest on record with the temperature 1.8 degrees above average The only hottest summer on record was the previous year, which was 2.14 degrees above average. Um, And temperatures this past summer were above average across almost the entire country. Now, Dr. Blair Trewin, he's a senior uh, climatologist with the Bureau of Meteorology, said that the summer, which was marked by unprecedented bushfire crisis that devastated communities and wildlife in much of the country, mind you, millions of millions of wildlife was lost with those bushfires, was part of a long-term warming trend that had seen the country warm by 1.4 degrees since 1910, with most of that warming has come since 1950. Uh, This summer, past summer, saw more heat records broken. Uh, The Bureau of Meteorology data shows 43 sites in New South Wales broke high-temperature records but only five sites saw record lows. Uh, Up in Queensland, there were 10 heat records broken across different stations, but only one record for cool weather. Um, The summer also saw below average rainfall, which was uh, not surprising at all given the high temperatures and that across the country. Uh, Western New South Wales, southwestern Queensland, and the top end particularly dry, and the, the monsoon season was fairly late up in the top end of Australia, normally starts around December, uh, late November, December, but uh, um, the monsoon didn't really kick in until about the end of January. Uh, And some areas, including Australia's, uh, Western Australia's west coast and parts of the east coast saw above average rainfall, which a lot of that rainfall fell in February. And so the second hottest summer comes after the Bureau declared 2019 as the hottest and driest year on record, which is a concern. Um, And Australia recorded its hottest day on record on the 17th of December 2019 with an average maximum of 41.9 degrees. That's unbelievable. So Australia, the whole country, averaged 41.9 degrees on the 17th of December. And... um, 
beating the previous record by one degree, which had been set only a day earlier. So on the Tuesday, on the 16th of December, Australia averaged 40.9 degrees across the country, beating the previous record of 40.3 set back in 2013. And that record only was held for 24 hours. Wow, that's um, that's very interesting. Now, obviously with those high temperatures, um, if I remember rightly, I haven't really looked into it, but I know Brisbane had one, one or two 40-degree days. Gold Coast's highest temperature was 35 degrees. It's very rare for the Gold Coast to get into the high 30s, low 40s. Having said that, uh, if you go inland only a few co- uh, kilometres, like Narang, Rabina and that, the uh, temperatures can be three to four degrees higher than they are on the coast if the sea breeze is not strong enough to penetrate that far inland. Um, and uh, Sydney, well, those who live in Western Sydney that listen to this podcast, you, you guys uh, sweltered pretty much. Um, you had a lot of 45-degree days. Penrith and Richmond and Western Sydney in general are getting a lot more 45-degree days than what they used to. And I I used to live in Western Sydney, so I know for a fact we used to get 42, 43-degree days once or twice during the summer, but it seems a lot more common now to get 45-degree days. I think Penrith had about four or five uh, 45-degree days in the summer, and Penrith had a a record temperature of 48.9 degrees. I think it was in early January from memory or late December. Those temperatures are unbelievable for for something for a metropolitan area. So um, it was fairly hot, that's for sure. And uh, obviously being very dry, especially in spring and that, it led to a bushfire crisis where we had 45 million acres burnt uh, 2,880 homes were destroyed and 34 people sadly died as a result. And um, the bushfires, we had bushfires in northern inland New South Wales in Tenterfield and Glen Innes area. The, most of the bushfires, though, were down in the uh, southern part of New South Wales and uh, eastern Victoria. Uh, it was terrible uh, what I saw on the news and that. And who can forget those people on the beach uh, down, I think it was in Victoria somewhere, and uh, or was it in Batemans Bay in the, in the south coast of New South Wales? I, I can't remember where it was exactly. People on the beach escaping the flames with masks on. The smoke was unbelievable where you couldn't even see the sun, and, and to survive they had to get onto the, the, the sand onto the beach. I'm not sure how long they were there for, but it was just terrible. And the amount of smoke, like we we got uh, several days of bushfire smoke up here on the Gold Coast and in Brisbane uh, as a result of the fires. We did have some fires, as I said, in northern New South Wales and every time a southerly change would blow up, that would blow the bushfire smoke up. But uh, Sydney was a lot more worse. They had days and days and days of bushfire smoke uh, blanketing the city with uh, record poor quality uh, air levels. Absolutely um, a summer to forget, that's for sure. And uh, hopefully the next few summers uh, will sort of go back to normal again. But uh, having said that, I have read some articles where they reckon by the the year 2100, which I will not be around by then, the average temperature in Australia will rise by four degrees. So that is a big concern for those that will be on this planet 
in about uh, 80 years' time. So uh, I won't be around for that, but, geez, that's a four degrees average temperature rise is a big concern. So, um, But we're heading into autumn now, and the temperatures on average do start to cool down, although up here on the Gold Coast um, it's still fairly humid. I... Um, Still got the air conditioner on every now and again, to be honest. I won't lie about that. But we've got a lot of uh, wet weather in February, and uh, the weather patterns changed. And uh, we got Tweed Heads, I think, got 700 millimetres in February, which was close to a record. I think Brisbane and the Gold Coast got three to 400 millimetres in February, and down in Sydney and uh, Central Coast, Newcastle, all those areas got around 400 millimetres as well. And that led to the um, Warragamba Dam, um, or the Sydney Basin uh, water storage, doubled from 41% to 82% just in February, which is good news. And apparently the water restrictions down in that way have been lifted. And there was water restrictions in northern New South Wales, I think Tweed Heads and, and uh, Mwilumbar and all that, I think they since have been um, lifted as well, which is good. So uh, now with autumn uh, comes autumn leaves. Obviously, there's some lovely little towns around Australia uh, where the autumn leaves uh, come out in their colour. Uh, Stanthorpe in the um, southern part of the Darling Downs in Queensland is a lovely town to... Um, look at the autumn leaves. I haven't actually been out to Stanthorpe as yet. I wouldn't mind going out there. Apparently the river that runs down in the middle of Stanthorpe has some lovely trees on each side of the banks of the river that have lovely colour in autumn. Glen Innes and Tenerfield, I've been there a couple of times over the last few years uh, and they have lovely autumn leaves in that area now. I might go for a drive out there. I'll see how I go. But Mount Wilson and, and parts of the Blue Mountains are, is very colourful in autumn. So um, most photographers sort of know where to go to take lovely photos of autumn leaves and that. So I'll, I might go out. I might go down to the Northern Tablelands in New South Wales and uh, see if I can – Take some snaps if I'm motivated. It's a long drive from here. Glen Innes, Tenerfield's like a four or five-hour drive, so um, I've got to be prepared to, to drive that fast. Dan Thorpe's a little bit closer, so uh, I might see if I do a day trip out there in the next uh, month or so. Um, now, also with autumn is uh, when astro season starts to come alive. So during the summer months, uh, you can't shoot astro. The core of the Milky Way is not in the sky at that time of year, but as we get into March and April, we start to see the core of the Milky Way rise to the east. In the early hours of the morning, around 3, 4 a.m., you'll start to see the core of the Milky Way now rise over the east. About an hour before sunrise, if you can get out there early enough, you'll get... Uh, I've seen some lovely photos from a few photographers that have um, about an hour before dawn, and you just get that little bit of light on the horizon uh, before the sun rises and... and uh, with the Milky Way above it. Uh, it's a bit tricky. Uh, it's not something I've actually tried yet. I generally do my astro sort of in the night time, but uh, they reckon about an hour, 50 minutes before the sunrise, you get that sort of breaking dawn light on the horizon and you have the Milky Way above it. And it looks really good too. So, But you've got to get up early for that. Now, as the season progresses, we start seeing the Milky Way will start rising earlier and earlier. So come June, July... 
the Milky Way will be above the horizon in the east around 9, 10 o'clock at night. So um, as, as the year progresses, it becomes earlier and earlier. And then it gets to the point where later on in the year, into the spring months, the Milky Way will be in a horizontal position setting in the west um, a few hours after sunset. So um, last year, I only went out and did the Milky Way on one occasion. I went out to a place called Alora, which is just north of Warwick in the Darling Downs in Queensland. And me and a couple of friends went out there and we took some photos of the Milky Way with the with the silos, sort of some silos in the foreground, and that's the only time I did it. So I might try and make the effort to do more Milky Way photography uh, this year. Um, the good thing about the Milky Way photography is, especially when you've got clear skies, you've got to make sure there's no cloud, obviously, and that is you've got a lot more time up your sleeve to plan to shoot. It's not like storm chasing where some it's hit and miss whether you'll get the storm or not if you're in the wrong place and that. You can't be in the wrong place with the Milky Way. It's always there. It's just a matter of finding and uh, doing a bit of exploring and looking for some decent foreground, and then you can get a really good photo. There's a couple of nice windmills out in the scenic rim region that I know of that uh, I might go back out there and, and reshoot the Milky Way with that. So, um, yeah, it's an exciting time of year for those people that love doing astro and obviously a lot cooler too because I'm sort of over the heat, to be honest. So where's all the toilet paper? Um, with the coronavirus virus happening at the moment, um, it's become a really a panic station for some people. Uh, now, I've got a roll, a pack of four that I got about five or six days ago uh, from Coles. And um, this is when it was all sort of starting. And uh, I noticed there was hardly anything on the shelves. There was only about four or five packets left. Um, and I'd just grab one uh, because I needed them. And uh, since then... I haven't been able to get hold of any toilet paper, except they do have a few rolls for sale at my local Coles Express, which I'm not desperate yet, but if I need to get some, I think I know where I can go and get them and, and not have a worry. But um, the shelves have been empty of uh, toilet rolls, hand sanitizer, I think tissues even. Long-life milk's becoming a bit scarce at the moment too, and so is water, although... I bought some water the other day and they were pretty well stocked up. But uh, it's just getting a bit beyond the joke um, with this coronavirus and, and, and the, the fear that people seem to be thinking that uh, if they're going to be quarantined and can't go out anywhere, they need toilet paper. But you, you need other things than that. You need food and water and, and all sorts of things. Well, luckily, we're not low on food. God, God help us if that happened. But um, unfortunately, what's happening is it's, it's creating... Um, a lot of arguments and fights at supermarkets around the country. Um, I've seen a couple of videos, one that went viral a few days ago of three women in pretty much in a brawl over toilet paper. Um, I'm presuming it was th they were the last rolls on the shelf and uh, I think a lady had two or three 12 packs in the trolley or even more and there was another lady that just wanted wanted it because she really needed it not to stock up. And um, it caused a big fight. The manager had to intervene 
and um, police were called, and two of those women have actually been charged with a fray, and they're going to um, go to court, I think, at the end of April. So it'll be interesting to see what the outcome of that is. In my opinion, it'll just be a fine or a slap on the wrist. I think not, it's not going to go any further than that. But um, it's just ridiculous the way people are behaving. It really is. And uh, as I said, I can't get any, but at the moment I've still got a pack of four in the linen cupboard, so I'm right for a while, so I'm not fussed yet. I do go to the toilet paper aisle every time I shop just to see if there is some there, and if there is, I will grab a pack. But uh, if I'm down to my last roll or two and they still haven't stocked the shelves, then I'll start to get a bit concerned. So uh, the major supermarkets here in Australia, Woolworths, IGA, Coles, Audi and so forth, uh, they're, they're saying that... Um, and the toilet paper manufacturers are stating that they're ramping up production 24 hours a day to keep up with the demand. But I think um, you have to get to the shops first thing in the morning to have a chance of getting a roll. And I think it's silly. I've seen some photos of people, 100 to 150 people, outside different shopping centres um, waiting for them to open in the morning so they can get toilet paper. It'd be worse on weekends too with people, most people not working on weekends. But... The problem is people like me and others that can't get to the shops before work on a weekday um, have to rely on to go shopping in the afternoon or evening and by that time the shelves are empty again and I was actually surprised today when I went and saw that the shelves were empty in both Coles and Woolworths. Uh, just presumably they are stocking up with toilet paper during the night time when they do the night fill but it's just going like hotcakes first thing in the morning. I don't know if I want to stand outside a shopping centre at 8 o'clock in the morning just to get toilet paper, but uh, the way things are going, I might have to on my next day off. But um, it is a bit of a concern. Um, they're also, I also heard on the news today that women's hygiene products might be the next thing that uh, might become scarce on the shelves. So that's just something to be mindful as well. Um, but the fighting and the arguing, I've seen a few videos. I actually posted one of them on my Facebook, an incident that happened in Coles where two women were disagreeing over toilet paper. It's just getting ridiculous. And the thing that concerns me is if we did have a big crisis where the government or someone said we're going to run out of food in three weeks or something like that happens, God God forbid what would happen. People would kill each other, uh, and they would too. And just the selfishness that has come out of this is just appalling. When you consider uh, people pouring their hearts out and helping people during the bushfire crisis and donating money in that, and it's gone to the other extreme where a small minority are, are, are brawling and fighting over toilet paper. Oh, the society we live in these days and a lot of people becoming self-entitled and um, it's just ridiculous. And uh, I'll give you another example. This is sort of a bit off the subject that I went to my local cafe near my work to get coffee last week and there was a group of mums sitting there having breakfast and that, and one of the little girls or their daughters ran into me by accident, and I said sorry, you know, just to, you know, because it wasn't the little girl's fault. The mothers didn't even say anything. It's, I don't know, I don't know what it is. And even today when I was at the shops, you could feel the tension in the shopping centre. 
you know, mothers screaming at their kids and all that, and that's just people stressing out why, you know, about this toilet paper. It's, it's just ridiculous. But with this virus and that, you've got to remember influenza kills more people than what the coronavirus does at the moment, right? But for some reason, because it's a different type of virus and they don't have a vaccine as yet, people are just worried that they're going to get it. Um, it'll affect the workplace if that's the case. Mind you, I think a couple of shops have been closed down temporary because of the coronavirus. I read somewhere, I think it was in Western Australia, um, a couple of businesses had to close down temporarily because some of the staff contracted it. A couple of schools have closed down temporarily um, in parts of Australia because of it. So it is a concern, but, geez, with the toilet paper, um, hopefully uh, Coles and Woolworths, I do get on their Facebook pages and, and read updates on what's going on, and I read the, I read the visitor posts. If you, if you get on Facebook, go to Coles or Woolworths or IGA and look at the visitor posts, and it's pretty much all negative stuff you're seeing at the moment. Um, people want to know when they're, you know, why aren't they being stocked up? Why aren't they stocking up during the daytime? Um, which is, I can understand that they should be stocking up more than just overnight. I think in this situation, the supermarket should be stocking up around lunchtime and that. So there's, there's stock in the afternoon for people that can't get to the shops in the morning. So I don't know why they're not doing that for us. So a lot of people have asked Woolworths and Coles on their Facebook pages about that situation, why they're not stocking up more regularly during the day. Um, so there we go. So um, I don't know what you guys make of it, but uh, as I said, it's a bit of a concern and hopefully things will settle soon. Uh, one thing, um, and, and also the stock market crashed today as I'm, as I'm recording this. So it's our worst ever day on the stock market since the global financial crisis. So millions have been wiped off the stock market too because of this uh, panic and that. And uh, what I do notice though is petrol prices uh, are still fairly low. Uh, we have a petrol price cycle, as everyone knows. It's about $1.20 at the moment on the Gold Coast and, and in southeast Queensland. And then it generally jumps up to $1.60, $1.70, and it stays like that for about 10 days, and it drops back down to $1.30 again. I've just noticed that it's just still hanging low at the moment. So that might be one good thing about what's happening in this situation at the moment is petrol prices looks like they're going to stay low. Apparently, oil prices have plummeted due to people not travelling as much and stuff like that. So there's not as much demand for oil and, and fuel, obviously, and stuff like that. So we'll keep our eye on that and see how it goes. So um, definitely a concern, um, but I just hope things get back to normal soon. I really do. Just further to add what I was just talking about, um, especially with the toilet paper, I mean, uh, people have been buying them in bulk because of the fear of the coronavirus, but they're also buying it in bulk, I believe, because they're either sending it overseas, because this is a worldwide issue, not just in Australia, but they're also buying in bulk some people to resell it on Gumtree, eBay, and, and all those uh, selling and Facebook Marketplace, whatever it is. I'll tell you what now, that is absolutely stupid. I cannot believe people put money before health. You know, health's most important in my opinion. And for people to buy toilet paper and reselling it at an inflated price, 
is absolutely disgusting and you should be bloody ashamed of yourselves. Now, speaking, uh, just one other thing too that I um, heard on the news was, uh, was on a train in Sydney where a woman was filmed coughing um, and the gentleman that was sitting opposite her on the train was asking her to cover her mouth or, or to stop coughing or saying how rude it is. And, and it is rude. Like I always try to cover my mouth and that if I sneeze or cough if I'm in a public place, uh, even if there's no one around me. Um, because that's where you can spread germs and so forth. And um, I didn't watch the whole video. I just watched a bit of it and I thought I had enough of that. But the thing that sort of gets me is why did someone film that? I've seen people, I've, I don't catch public transport like I used to, obviously, because I've got my car, but I do travel on public transport every so often. I went on that new metro train when I was down in Sydney last year. I've been on the train to Brisbane because I don't live far from the railway station. And uh, I've seen people cough and sneeze heaps of times on the train. But I want to know why was this filmed and why, would this, why was this made viral? Yes, it was rude. She should have covered her mouth and whatever when she coughed or sneezed. But why is this such a big deal? You know, I've seen plenty of times people coughing on buses and that, and I've never seen other people asking them to cover their mouth. So that just goes to prove how everyone's sort of in panic mode. I personally wouldn't get my phone out to film someone coughing and sneezing on someone. So that's just something to think about. Okay, that's it, guys, for my latest podcast i'm going to wrap this up now thanks very much for listening i'm sort of glad that the warmer weather's behind us now and i'm looking forward to having some really cool days and cool nights as we go into autumn and winter time uh, on the next episode i'm going to talk about instagram stories i might put a few questions on my uh, own instagram stories if you if there's things that you want me to talk about on that subject thanks again guys take care and we'll chat to you next time and it's bye for now